This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. And we are back with episode 75 of Top Rope Nation. I am your host, Ryan Drosty, joined here by Justin Joint. Kyle Ross, all in the house to talk the latest in pro wrestling. And I'm not going to lie, guys, been kind of uninteresting of late. I don't know how you guys have felt, but uh, my interest level in just in wrestling in general has been down a little bit. So when we were prepping for this show, it's just it seems like there's not a lot to talk about. That we're kind of in a lull. I don't know if you guys are feeling feeling the same way. Justin, how are you feeling about the product right now? Uh, same, a little pessimistic, but uh try and find uh you know the slivers of light in the mess that is normally raw booking yes this is true kyle what are you thinking there's a lot going on but there's not much going on <laughs> that's a brilliant way to put it it's true yeah. I, mean, I mean there's stuff going I mean, on I, in the wrestling world it's there just are, there are four major shows not even counting the a thousandth episode of smackdown set to take place over the next two months yeah. And I think they're going to do a good job hyping them. I mean, obviously we're not, you know, Survivor Series, we're not ready to talk about they're not ready to talk about that on TV yet, but um I'm interested just how much the WWE landscape changes by these shows. You know, I read an article, there was an article on Deadspin last week. It was not David Bixen Spanner wrote it, it was the somebody else about um warning about the dangers of watching too much wrestling. It's an interesting uh, note for those of us that watch way too much wrestling. Like no, we do a professional I, wrestling podcast. Yeah, yes. and how it can and how it can affect your critiquing and your viewing of the show. And um part of the show for me when we at least are talking about, you know, whether it's Crown Jewel or the Super Showdown or even Evolution is trying to manage at least our audience's expectations of those shows. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to get when I wake up next Saturday morning because I'm not going to watch Super Showdown live. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay? I'm not watching that show live. I'm not waking up at 5. And I Actually, I'm probably going to be up at 6 in the morning to do work because it's college football Saturday. But I'm not going to watch that show live. And I don't want to wake up, get on Twitter, and see a bunch of people go, I woke up at 5 a.m. and that's all I got. <laughs> you know, I marvel at these people who stay up and watch New Japan shows. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how people do it. I I thought I mean, about doing being like paid, once a like, year, I mean, but yeah, for I mean, Wrestle like Kingdom, Dave, like Dave Meltzer, it's his job. Okay, I, I don't 
I'm not surprised by that. If it's your job, you should. But like, and if you do, for the record, more power to you. But like, it, like, I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think if you don't wake up at the time and watch it live, it makes you less of a fan. Mm-hmm. I, um, think there, I think there, I think there is something. Are, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, and I was saying there are things, and we'll talk about them here in this podcast that are going to happen at Super Showdown that are pretty significant. And when I list them off, maybe people will be like, blah. But it's all about managing expectations mm-hmm. over the next two months because there's a lot of shows and some good stuff's going to happen. I just don't know if everyone's going to like it. Do you guys think that there is just a different excitement level, though? I mean, I know we have DVR and everything. We can skip through the commercials. But do you get more excited watching the show when it's live versus watching it on demand? Because I hear that sometimes from New Japan fans that it's just not the same to watch it later. And so that's one of the reasons that they stay up late to to watch it live. It's just a different experience. And I kind of get that. You know, like I... I don't know. I feel like when I'm watching it live, I, I pay closer attention. There is just there is something, there is some draw to watching a show live. What, what do you think, Justin? Definitely. Um, f- for me, it's if there's a good story or a good match or, or something happens, I can normally watch, you know, something that's already happened and still be entertained just as much as if it was live. Mm-hmm. But some of the shock value goes away, but quality is quality. Yeah. That, that's a great point. Yeah. If it's good, I don't, it doesn't matter if you watch it live. Like I always hate when I'm, you know, I watch the rumble. Some guys are, who are the surprises going to be this year, you know? And it's like a bunch of shit that doesn't matter. 10 seconds later. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought Booker T back, you know? Okay, fine. We're going to forget about this in 10 minutes. It means nothing. Um, I'll be honest with you since football season started. I have not watched Raw or SmackDown live once. And I've and, and and I don't feel it's affected my evaluation or enjoyment or lack thereof of the product of one iota. A peek behind the curtain there at the Ross household. Yeah, it's I don't watch Raw live very much. Sometimes I'll start it like an hour behind just so I can skip through all the commercials. I, I haven't watched like a three hour show straight through live in a long, long time. Yeah, and there's no problem with that. I mean, where it's not like I mean It'd be a problem if we were doing a show live directly after Monday Night Raw. I mean, we'd have to, but I don't think you have to do that. Um, and it isn't short, like to sit there and watch for three hours. And and I think people, because they're investing such time, because three hours is a long. I mean, I guess we've just come to accept it. But for me, sometimes I step back. I'm like, wow, a three-hour weekly TV show when there's a two-hour one the next night. Yeah, and that's a lot. Pay-per-view weeks, man. That's really a slog. Yeah, and and then and then Wednesday now you've got mixed match challenge has been added. Yeah, you know you, you know and you've got NXT on Wednesday. You know two hundred five live now being moved to Wednesday. I mean there's there's a lot of wrestling and um you know for me every year ever since I've been in my job of, of sports handicapping you know football season takes precedent over wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I mean I, I think. To your initial point, um, you know, we always kind of feel like this, oh, Raw, these, these weekly TV shows, oh, what a chore. And then we get to the pay-per-view, and it's like, you know, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's true. I and mean, then, I, I do always watch a the lot of big, live. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, because we're doing live shows and stuff like that. But, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, paper, pay-per-views or call them network specials, whatever you want to call them, coming up. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. 
I, I think there's a lot to talk about, actually. I'll disagree with you there. No, I w- there's a lot to talk about, but nothing. I guess the Brie Bella thing is, is something I'm eager to discuss with both of you. But overall, like nothing when I was when I was trying to put together just a list of topics is like, what are these guys going to get fired up about to make this an entertaining show? And I think we got some good ones on the docket. But at first, it just it just kind of seems like wrestling's in a lull right now. In the well, early I think it's funny because there's so much TV. There's a lot of minutia you can delve into. But, you know, going back to what I said, you know, there's a lot going on, but there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of minutia we can debate, but, you know, big picture stuff like, you know, like a like that huge headline. You're probably right in that regard that there has not been this massive headline to discuss. There has not been a major story, if yeah. you will. All right, well, we're going to get right into the Brie Bella thing here in just a minute because that's kind of a hot topic. It seems like lots of people in the wrestling world are letting their comments out on Twitter about that today and yesterday. So uh, before we do that, I want to say we are streaming live right now on Patreon. Um, As you've heard us say on the show before, or if you're a new listener, maybe you haven't heard us say it, we stream every week live when we record the show uh, exclusively to Patreon supporters. You can head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. See how you can get that bonus content. Pay-per-view weeks, we put the live video cast out uh, for everyone to check out on our YouTube page. So you can search YouTube for Top Rope Nation. And then our audio podcast, of course, available on all the services, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and TopRopeNation.com. Leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. So Brie Bella in a pretty cringeworthy spot on Raw kick the hell out of Liv Morgan. And uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm going to throw it to you guys right away. What were your thoughts when you saw this? Uh, it's been a rough couple weeks for Brie. She had the yep. two botched suicide dives on Raw. Was that two weeks ago? Um, making a pretty yes. strong case that she should not be wrestling any any longer without some extended time at the WWE Performance Center. Um, Justin, when you, when you saw that from Monday night, what was the first thing that went through your head? Well, I guess number one is with all of wrestling, whether you're, you know, Shawn Michaels or Kenny Omega, mistakes happen. Everybody makes wrestling mistakes. Um, Brie Bella just happens to make a few more of them. Um, Seeing the video, though, to me, it looked like it was kind of on both of them. Uh, Liv Morgan kind of looked like she leaned into it a little bit. Uh, Brie's timing looked like she tried kicking a little bit sooner than she should have but to me that 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 botch was on both of them all right kyle yeah you said brie is not on the finest run of her career in ring i mean don't forget she's potatoed miz twice as well you know i remember we did the show we joked about that punch when she first came back you know mm-hmm. i was like yeah brie's got like the second best punch in the promotion behind rowan reigns uh well, she, she potatoed him there. She potatoed him at the pay-per-view. Um, she's caught both Maurice and Selena Vega with pretty hard knees. So, you know, I mean, there were some people that were like really coming down hard on her. And there is no doubt that I don't know what's wrong. If something's in her head, um, if she just needs a timeout or what. But she is having a bad streak of wrestling. Um, now, it's not intentional. I don't think she's, you know, a hideous person by any means. Um, 
you know, maybe you just, you know, it's interesting with Liv Morgan having a concussion now. What does that do to the six uh, woman match at Super Showdown? Mm-hmm. Is she going to be able to wrestle that? Because that's a long flight if you have a concussion. Um, maybe you just pull Bree and you make it a tag match. And truthfully, that might make it easier to do the Nikki Bella turns on Ronda storyline that they're probably doing at that show. Mm-hmm. If it's just a straight tag match. Um, but, you know, I mean, Bree just needs to work through. I mean, accidents do happen. Um, I think the far more and, you know, the riot squad, I guess, reportedly is not happy with her. I would, I mean, they're all, they're good friends, the three of them. And I mean, if my friend was concussed, I'd I'd be a little upset uh, too. I I guess that's fair. But I think the most interesting point is what should WWE protocol be in a situation like this? Yeah. I mean, it's not, go ahead. Because this, this isn't an isolated incident. I mean, you know, we've had things happen like this before. You know, what should the... Pro- I mean, you know, in the NFL, for instance. Okay. It's obvious somebody's fucked up. They get him out of the game. They stop the game, get him out of the game, put him in the tent. And, you know, he gets replaced. Wrestling's a little more tricky. Because, you know, it's hard to just kind of stop a match in the middle. Um, I think, you know, there needs to be... for In the future... There needs to be, you know, a strong communication between, you know, people in the back who notice it, the referee, the doctor. You got to pull her out. Liv Morgan should not have come back in that match and taken that suplex. No, I mean, it was obvious she was knocked out when it no, happened. No, no, they somebody said uh, watching really carefully because again, I had heard what had happened and I wasn't watching it live. Somebody very clearly yelled, "She's out! She's out!" It was either Ruby or Sarah Logan. Um, so they knew and they. They did pull her out, um, and I think they went to commercial, right? And then they came back, and she took the suplex. Then they went to another commercial, and she was gone. I, I know after a commercial, she was gone. They they, they did take her out finally. Um, maybe there were, and that make that sounds weird that there was two commercial breaks in that one match. So maybe yeah, they just got. I they, yeah, I, I don't think there was, but um, they just got her out the first time. Um, she should not have come back in and taken that spot. Now, I mean, it looked yeah. like she did it on her own because the other two were in there and it was obviously a planned spot and she just ran in to do the planned spot on her own. That shouldn't have happened. I mean, in a tag match, I think it's easier. You just pull the injured party out, get them out of there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have got to be smart and think on the fly um, and, you know, come up with why it's not there. I, I thought, you know, other than her coming back in and taking the suplex, it was okay, but yeah, take, taking the suplex is a big no-no. It was obvious she was hurt, and she needed to be pulled out of the match immediately. Yeah, I had heard that she kind of insisted on doing that spot, and WWE's going to get a lot of criticism for this because they have been at the center of, of all the uh, the head injury stuff going on. And, and they just won all those lawsuits, too. <laughs> yeah, so to... They had. They should have a system in place where she should have got pulled from that match immediately. If it wasn't the referees, someone watching in back should have realized what happened. It was. It was pretty obvious she got knocked out in that segment. They. They should have brought her to the back. I. I would think so. I think the criticism there is warranted. Um, and as far as Brie goes, had a rough couple weeks. I don't. I mean, this is the big leagues. I don't know how you could say that she should be in there right now as is like wrestling next week because it's not one spot I, i've seen all the i've seen all the comments about yeah we know it's dangerous and this happens in wrestling and everything but you're talking about someone in the 
biggest wrestling company in the world that has a developmental system, this this should not happen. And if this happens over and over like this, whether it's her blown spots or now knocking somebody out, she just absolutely should not be there. She should be like in baseball terms sent down if she wants to perform again. I, I don't think she needs to be wrestling, but if she's going to wrestle, I don't think she should be allowed to wrestle again without getting some extensive time in in Orlando. I mean, I think that's just common sense. I don't know, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that, but I mean, that's kind of how I feel, Justin. Or maybe just have her stop trying to wrestle like Daniel Bryan and go back to how yeah. you know she wrestled before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That that's an interesting point because I think she is trying too much. I mean, it's crazy. I re- do you guys, I mean, you guys are old enough to remember the suicide dive used to be something reserved for a very select group of people, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I mean. Lucha Brie is not something I ever thought I'd be saying in this lifetime, you know? So I think Justin joint coined that phrase a couple years ago. Yeah. But I, I, you know, she should probably just stick to basics, you know, stick in her wheelhouse. Um, look, I mean, quite frankly, if they were planning a match with a one-on-one match with her and Maurice, I don't know if they were, it kind of seems like that issue was over a little bit. You know, the Brie was not on SmackDown the last two weeks. Maybe that doesn't happen. I mean, I, She's not the first person that's gotten this kind of, that's gotten any heat. I mean, I remember that was always the knock on RVD when everyone mm-hmm. was banging the drum for RVD. Oh man, you got to push this guy straight to the top. You know, what the, what is WWE doing, man? Why aren't they pushing RVD? And the rap on him was <laughs> most of the guys in the locker room did not like working with them. Especially when he came back that second time, he was noticeably sloppy in the ring the second time around. Yeah. Well, even the first time when he came down on Triple H's throat. Mm-hmm remember and i mean there was a lot of guys I and mean, pe- people did not want to take that van daminator yeah so i mean she's not you're right i mean it's a correctable issue though i think with brie mm-hmm. to me i think the larger issue is wwe needs a standard protocol look now here this is what i want to ask you guys what if it's a singles match because then it gets dicier okay no, I think you stop the match i don't i don't think it's that Okay, what if it's a world championship match? What do you do? Because for me, th- this is what's interesting. I still have some of that old school in me, and I'm trying to rectify, like, as I've been thinking about this the last 40 hours, trying to rectify this. Like, and you have to maintain a suspension of disbelief, I guess. Maybe I'm just being an idiot, an idiot old man by saying that. Like, what if, like, do you call it as a shoot? Like, what if, like, Baron Corbin knocks out Roman Reigns? Mm-hmm. Do you award, do you, award the world title to baron corbin okay i see what you mean i i guess i would i'm thinking back it's not a world title match i'm thinking back to the famous incident where uh bret hart broke his sternum against dino bravo and they did the count out or whatever and that wasn't the planned finish to get out of it yeah uh, it, but that again what? it's not a world title match so yeah i, I yeah. see what you but mean like what do you do there here's i think the thing. these guys are so beholden to scripts now yeah Maybe I, I should. I'm wrong for making this an issue. Tell me what you got. Please tell me if you think I am wrong. Thinking on your feet isn't what it used to be. Like Brett was smart enough to realize that and rolled out of the ring. Like, mm-hmm. or you know, I mean, I'd like to think the majority of the people on today's roster could would do the same. But um, what if that's not an option? What if he just like put? What if like you know the guy's just laying there, he gets knocked out? What do you do? I mean, just like with uh, Stone Cold, you know, when he, you know, when paralyzed there for a little bit, it's in the the 
uh, hands of the ref and the other wrestler. I mean, they have to communicate to each other to kind of let it, you know, let them know what's going on and you stall until you can figure something out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Owen, by the way, that, that that's a great point. Cause I actually thought of it last for Owen did a great job stalling in that match. Yeah. After he, yeah, it absolutely should be a point of emphasis, and it probably is. Maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, at the Performance Center, that's something they should go through. What happens if there's a des- uh, disaster in the ring? And hopefully they are doing that. But uh, I mean, I think you have to stop the match in some way or fashion. You have to have an out. Uh, I think that's yeah. something they need to be trained for. I I don't want to see people wrestling through injuries in entertainment. Mm-hmm. So. And I thought they did initially an okay job. Like it was recognized pretty quick by the by Bree, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. And they kind of like if it, it was not it was it was kind of clumsy how they got live like Bree basically carried her over so she could make a tag. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an issue with that at all. How they got yeah. that out. The the only issue I had is when she came back in. And again, that's and you hear this from football players too. Oh, put me back in. You know, screw this. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, athletes want to get back in there, but I don't care. If she, I mean, did it really add? <laughs> like, I mean, a couple weeks from now, we're going to be talking about that awesome triple suplex from Natty and the Bellas. No, <laughs> no. yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, it's it's interesting, the timing of this, too, because Brian had just done an interview like last week. Um, where he was talking about how both Bellas deserved a lot more credit than they get for the women's revolution and everything and how people kind of bashed them because they were brought in during the period when WWE was hiring, hiring models and you know the, the uh, idea that you could put on a good match or you were athletic wasn't really high on their list of what they were looking for. And that's true. I mean, it's true that that is the period they were brought in, but they've done a good job transitioning into this this new period in pro wrestling. Um, and if you look, and they're at, very, but they're very big stars. Is they're very big say. stars. I mean, they bring in a lot of of lot of eyeballs. If you've gone to any live events and you see like guys there with their girlfriends, a lot of times they're wearing Bella shirts. Like they they for sure have brought in new eyes to the product. Whatever criticism they get, they've done a lot to attract, especially female viewers, to the product. Um, but it, they are in that awkward situation because they, I guess, more Nikki has kind of transitioned into the newer period of wrestling. I think Nikki really stepped up her game and did a good job of uh, becoming an athletic performer and very believable in the ring. Bree definitely lagged behind in that department, and we're seeing that come to light here with with what happened on television the last couple of weeks. So she, I mean, she. They're both probably athletic. I don't want to say they're not athletic, but they were brought in under the old pretense of they were basically hired on the old model of what WWE was looking yeah. for in, in the, their women's division. I mean, it's, a, and, and if, I mean, if Bree just keeps botching moves, I mean, it's gotta be like anybody else, you know, you, we got to find something else for you. And, and to your point about Nikki, you remember that Matt, when she lost the title to Charlotte, that was like a good match. That was like the one, like this was like two years ago at this point. I remember watching it. I think, wow, Nikki Bella is much improved in the ring. No, I, I agree. I always thought Nikki really stepped up her game when she was having that really long title run. I thought she was having good matches most of the time. So I she she very much impressed me. Bree, as far as in the ring goes, has never really <laughs> impressed me too much. And this is just kind of another strike in that regard. But uh, she tries very hard, obviously, and she's going to be given every opportunity 
given what she's done for the product in general. So it's just, it's kind of a dicey situation. It's a tough decision. What do you, what do you do after this? But I do think she, if she's going to continue wrestling, she certainly needs to spend some time down in Florida. And I don't think as a mother now, she's probably not going to want to do that. So it might be a situation where they're going to need to look at something different for her here in the long term, but or the short term, I should say. So any, any other thoughts on that before we move on to something else? No. Okay. Let's talk about Dean Ambrose on Raw. Because... I'm sweating, by the way. I hope that's not coming through on video. I am like sweating profusely in here. And the only people who are going to see that, Kyle, are Patreon supporters. This video feed is behind a paywall. So don't worry about it. Not... We got a few okay. supporters. I'm sure our guy Derek out there in Memphis is watching. So Derek, Derek might hit you up on Twitter at TRP Kyle with some comments about your profuse sweating. I doubt it though. Uh -huh. <laughs> so let's talk about Dean Ambrose because they very heavily hinted on Raw about a, a turn from him. And I think that's the obvious direction that everyone's expected. Now they could obviously switch that around and maybe someone else from the Shield turns, but everyone's been expecting pre-injury Dean Ambrose a year ago he's going to be the guy that turns heel and uh we got hints of that on Raw so I mean how long do we think they're going to drag this out how did you think they did on Raw with it um and and where are we headed because we know that they have some advertised matches coming up obviously uh as the shield but they're starting to hint at maybe he's thinking about something else are we headed for a swerve what do you think Justin well, I was excited uh at the opening of the show, because I thought they were just really quietly planting the seeds, you know, with both Rollins and Reigns holding up their titles. And I was like, oh, th this is some long-term booking. But obviously, it was the story for the night is, you know, we're uh, uh, the dogs of war or whatever they're calling themselves, you know, going to get Dean to turn on his his brothers. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um I think they probably could have stretched it out for a few weeks. I don't think they're going to turn him anytime soon if they turn him at all. Um, I think that's going to be more uh, towards WrestleMania season. Uh, they just pumped out a bunch of new Shield shirts, and um, I still find it very exciting to see all those three guys together. Uh, so I hope they keep it going for a while. And uh, honestly, you know, I, I'm kind of digging this current, uh, baby face version of Dean. So uh, it's been said ad nauseum. I'm just going to repeat it again. I would like to see Reigns be the one who breaks him up this time. And you've got at least two or three of those shield shirts on pre-order, I'm guessing. <laughs> just a smile. No. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Justin. I picked up on the subtlety of it too when Dean was kind of like when Roman and Seth were bragging about being champions and Dean was kind of like, uh, I don't have a belt and was kind of looking salty in the background. Um, but then they hit you over the head with it, which was fine. Um, it was the storyline. And then it kind of worked both ways with, I thought it was interesting that they actually came back. Um, Seth later in a promo, you know, teased, Oh, you know, uh, I think Dolph's using you drew McIntyre. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of like, you know, made drew sympathetic when, you know, Drew should be a heel. I don't want to see. I don't know if Drew should be a babyface when they break up. I'd kind of like to see Drew just cast off to the side and challenge Roman. But um, yeah, I'm with Justin too on on when it's going to happen as well. Um, Royal Rumble ish, maybe. Um, I know. 
which I know it's odd because they teased it so blatantly, you know, with the Dolph promo. But mm-hmm. the crowd was into that. Yeah. I mean, Dolph Ziggler promos are usually not a highlight of any edition of Monday Night Raw. But when he brought that up, you could kind of tell the crowd was like, okay, this is a story we can sink our teeth into. But I still think by the end of the year, the Shield's going to have all the titles and Dolph can still use, well, I never had a singles title. And I will give the booking crew an extra point if Roman or Seth's defense is, oh, you didn't see us ever complain in our original run when you were the U.S. champion. (laughs) How much do you want to bet they don't bring that up, though? I doubt it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But... You know, I because I I've been thinking long term where are they going with this? You know, again, plans change. We understand this. I think it was our Hell in the Cell post game. We brought up local advertising has the main event of TLC being those those two teams, the trio match with the Shield against Braun, Dolph, and Drew. I could see that being a deal where they just put all the titles on the line and the winning side gets them. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Justin, I think brought this up too that they definitely want the visual of the shield having all the titles, I think. Yeah. In a company that doesn't book baby faces very well, the shield are actually decently booked baby faces. I think. Did you actually say a minute ago that you're not a fan of Dolph Ziggler on the microphone, Kyle? Yeah. Believe it or not. I did say that. Yeah. That shocks me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if they wanted to get this guy heel heat, all they'd have to do is just put a montage up on the Titantron of all the terrible tweets that he likes on twitter.com. Yeah, I know. We're not fans of those, are we? <laughs> but but no, that was actually one of his better promos. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you, you mentioned earlier in the show, Kyle, like if you watch too much wrestling, you become kind of jaded or whatever. And and that was the article on Deadspin. When I try to see where this is headed with the Shield, I kind of agree with you that I would... We all agree that Ambrose usually is better as a heel. That conventional wisdom is he'd be better as a heel. But if they did Roman turning, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, but at the same here time, the tin, here comes the tinfoil hat club. Oh, yeah. boy. No, no, no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, we watch this as longtime fans. Been watching wrestling for over 30 years. And it almost felt like on Raw when they're teasing the Dean stuff, like, okay, this is too obvious. And then you start okay, overthinking, like, does, yeah. does this mean he's not going to turn? Because they're making it so obvious. But then what I mean about being a jaded fan that watches wrestling too much, and you're someone that's watched it for three decades, is sometimes it is just obvious. And they, they yeah. hint at it for a long time, and then it happens. So maybe we're overthinking it. But that was kind of one of my first reactions. Was, you yeah. know, this is, like, almost too obvious. Are they going to go to somebody else, like Roman or Seth again? So. I, I think that's still kind of from that Russo and post Russo era where we like got so used to it, where they would like lead you one and it'd be, it's a swerve, bro. You know, somebody else turns. I think what I could see, they brought it out now and it's not, and they're going to get kind of people to forget about it because it's not going to happen in the next three months, mm-hmm. but then it will happen. But, Oh, you know, we brought it up. Um, so it, it all depends too on what the plans are for the raw title match. At Mania, you know, there has been talk of a Shield three-way in that spot. Mm-hmm. You know, Seth would be the traditional baby face. Dean would be the traditional heel. And, you know, Roman, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just the guy. <laughs> um, So, you know, if that's the plan, then, yeah, Dean's going to turn at some point. Um, Now, if they pivot away from that, if, like, The Rock gets into the situation, you know, that's a rumor. By the way, I have a our weekly question for my good buddy, Chad, I could turn oh, yeah. on the show about that, uh, about the rocket mania, but you know, then that kind of 
you know, throws things into a a tizzy as well. I mean, I guess if it's Roman Rock, you could do Seth and Dean as an IC title match. True. Still tough. Well, I think wasn't wasn't Seth and Dean kind of the plan for last year's Mania until the injury? I remember reading that uh, like late in 2017. I feel like that was kind of their long-term direction, and then Dean got injured. Yeah, and then they were going to do Jason Jordan, and then he got hurt, mm-hmm. right? And then right. they just wound up doing the three-way. Okay, yeah, I, I vaguely remember that now. Yeah. So the real question is, will the Top Rope Nation crew be at WrestleMania this year? Because we've talked about it in the past that we weren't really interested in traveling this year. I'm not going. I can tell you right now, it's a great big no. <laughs> I'm not going. Justin? Oh, heck no. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have no interest in going. Sorry, New York, but... uh if you go back to New Orleans, I'll be there again. Hell of a good time. Can, uh, can, can I real quick before we move on from the shield? I, yep. I just want to point out a, a really kind of a, a marky nitpick that we've probably brought up before, but for some reason it just irritated me again on Monday. Oh, I thought of you. I know what you're going to say. No, I don't think you do. <laughs> uh, we are Roman defenders. At least uh, we're not you know, part of the Boo Birds. I hate the way he carries the the world title when he slings it over his back like it's a bag of laundry. Mm-hmm. That just annoys. I told you it's belt. nitpicky. You can't even see the belt. My God, Roman! You got to see the belt. I got to see the gold. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think of Pete Dunn when he puts it in his teeth? You like that? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> right. that's awesome. Yeah, good call, Roman. I you thought can see I'd... the belt. Uh, okay, you know what I thought for sure you were going to talk about and what I did think of you, Justin, when I was watching Raw was the Connor's Cure segment when they had everybody up there. Oh, we did talk I, about that. I, I thought for yeah. sure that what, what Justin said, Markish, <laughs> bothers me. I thought for sure he was going to talk about how, you know, they did put like, I guess, two people in between the Shield and Braun, but whatever. I, <laughs> the monster that, among men cannot get between these two people. Yeah, yeah whatever. That, that's not, it's not the hill to die on. In my opinion, yeah, the mixed match, mixed match challenge is the hill to die on. <laughs> uh, the only thing left from Raw that we had here on the agenda was uh, Chad Gable jobbing <laughs> to a member of the Ascension. Kyle, you have some comments here. So, my aforementioned buddy Chad was very upset about this result. He t- I had not, well, I was not watching it live. And the first tweet I, or the first text I got regarding Monday at Raw was Chad Gable loses to Connor. I hate WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked on Twitter and there was a lot of similar sentiment. And I guess your anger about this, if you have any at all, is relative to your expectations for Chad Gable. I feel people like Dave Meltzer have got it in fans' heads that Chad Gable is destined for something big. And I'm not saying Chad Gable's not a great wrestler. He is very, he's a great wrestler. But I don't know about you guys. Like when they put this thing together with him and Bobby Roode, I just view it as a vehicle to eventually turn Bobby Roode heel, which he needs to be. And yeah, it's terrible. And I, I can make another point on this, but I just don't buy Chad Gable as getting any kind of serious push anyway. So yeah, it's shitty, but like it didn't really upset me at all. No, it's tough for me to get upset about some random match on a raw. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And you know, I'm not an American uh, professional football fan, but I'm pretty sure the uh, Buffalo Bills just kicked the crap out of the Minnesota Vikings. So anything can happen. Same goes for wrestling. <laughs> okay. Well, see now. Okay. Now that doubles back to my point. I'm going to take it from there. Wait, 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 Kyle. Uh-oh. I got to take this chance to mention that you bashed me for my bears takes last week and who resides in first place in the NFC North as of right now. I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. The Chicago know Bears. Want to know something about, yeah. about your boy? I'm 3-0 and against the spread this year when taking or playing against the Bears. There you go. Took them, the first two, took them the first two weeks, and then I was like, what is this? You're telling me this team with your boy Mitchell Trubisky's laying seven <laughs> on the road? I know Arizona's bad, but I'll take the seven. And uh, how about I hit you right with that text? My God, thank God that interception, that pick six was overturned <laughs> at the end. I was rolling on the ground telling my wife, sell the house. <laughs> The defense is so damn good yes. that that if that offense ever becomes above average, they're going places. But yeah. uh, that's the theme of the Chicago Bears. But yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. Sorry, I, I had to throw that out there because no, that was good. I like that. Probably not going to last. I have to enjoy it while it lasts. And yeah, you're doing good. Your favorite, your favorite at home against Tampa Bay this week could be three and one. Don't, don't um, tell Derek that. He's not going to like that. Our boy Derek. He's a Bucks fan. Yes, I was. So. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wondered that, and then I found it was from Memphis. I was I was kind of wondering that connection, but Memphis doesn't have a pro team. Um, so my point was towards the ascension. Okay, Justin made the uh, any given Sunday kind of joke with the Bills and Vikings. Well, again, maybe I'm being too old school here, but I, I remember when when an act was dead, an act was dead, and and outside of some major shift in the character, there was just no coming back. And with the Ascension, them, like, I get that, you you know, a lot of times people might listen to the show and say, oh, you you know, you always talk about this, you know, looking at things through a modern lens and you're just trying to cut WWE a break. (laughs) Let me reintroduce myself, okay? Because one of the things I hate about modern WWE is that they've got this roster with so many guys and nobody leaves unless you do something real dumb or you just demand your way out like Cody or, and, or Neville. And so they'll like inexplicably after jobbing an act for years and just beating it home that this is a nothing act. Okay. They'll start giving them wins. And it doesn't really help the act that wins at all because it's just a brief one or two week thing. And it just makes the other act look bad because we've been trained to recognize, you know, acts like the Ascension as jobber acts. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they they lost two on one to Bobby Lashley. You know, I mean, that's a jobber role. When you're losing handicap matches two on one, you're kind of a jobber to the stars role. Um, now on the flip side, WWE could probably bring up, well, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you know authors of pain were losing singles matches at Titus Worldwide, and they were in the main event last week. At the same time, is that why maybe we don't care as much about some of these acts when you can just do that? So, um, I don't know. I just, it's not, a, again, this was not a hill to die on. I think with the essential, I just think that, like, and truthfully, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode's promo was terrible, I thought, before the match. Connors wasn't much better, if it even was better. But, you know, it's just, it's one of these things that, like, it's a product of these guys sticking around. Remember, we had that argument out, no, Jose. <laughs> on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Right. And like you were like, how long till this guy's arrived? This guy's gone. Well, in another era, you'd be correct. 
But in 2018, unless, if he, again, if he does something real dumb or demands his way out, he's staying on the roster. And I think No Way Jose might be the only instance of a guy who got sent to Jobber the, to the Starsville quicker than the Ascension did. I mean, seriously, the Ascension member, like, it was like their third week on the main roster, and they were in that segment where, like, all the old school tag teams kicked their ass mm-hmm. and, like, made a complete joke out of them. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's good booking, really, to keep, you know, I get, okay, you just want to have all these people around, but, you know, I mean, a two-week ma- two win streak or whatever the Ascension's going to get, I mean, is that really going to get people buying in on the Ascension? <laughs> I mean, this is the problem with Raw, though, isn't it? You're filling three hours. There's so much on the show that yes. doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's it's hard to get too upset about it because it just it doesn't matter. The long yeah, you're, you're right. It's like you can't get upset about it, but it's also very much a byproduct of modern wrestling that you have a three-hour TV show mm-hmm. with a bloated roster uh, of guys who don't leave. Yeah, it's true. Well, what um, do we think about that Gable Rude team? We haven't really talked about that since they started here on this show. I mean, I'm just waiting for the Rude heel turn, too. He's just, okay. yeah, he's, he's so much there's, better as a heel. There's like, a lot of here. bit, there's a lot of bit players on this Monday Night Raw, aren't there? Like when, when, when I've watched Raw the last two weeks, there's just so many guys. And I want to say directionless, but it just seems they're just kind of existing on a three hour show. You know, they trade wins with whoever they're feuding with. They're not really moving up or down the card. They're just kind of there. Yeah, I mean, what are the three things that Raw, you know, look at some of the people they've been promoting on Raw. Okay, the Shield, fine. But like, you know, this Brock Lesnar crown jewel thing two weeks ago. And, you know, Sean, and, you know, Sean Hunter and Taker. Yeah. That's, you know, and then you've got, you know, the Finn Balors, you know, I mean, I know you guys love him, you know, Bobby Lashley. You know, they're just like there. I have an idea what they're going to do with all of them. But, you know, the, the, for now, they're just existing on a show. Mm-hmm. And it's not very interesting to be blunt, <laughs> to your original point. To, to not keep you tuned in for three hours. It's it's tough to get you to tune in for three I mean, hours with that. Okay, one. I mean, I guess that, like, Finn and Jinder was a backdrop to get you interested in the Mixed Match Challenge. Fail. Yeah, that was blah. I mean, whatever you have. I mean, if you're doing something, you have to promote it. So I don't fault them for that. No, uh, it just wasn't anything particularly. Memorable. Well, I mean, you know, gender has not had the strongest 2018. But, um, you know, I mean, that that lash the Elias match going that long and having that ending was bad. Yeah. Eh, but but my idea where these I think they're going to do a Survivor Series match. Kurt Angle's team against Baron Corbin's team. My God, what are you going to do with that scissors you're holding, Kyle? I don't know. I just picked it up randomly. <laughs> That's for our Patreon viewers on hold the, on, the hold video on. stream right now. Do, 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 do. He's cutting his hair. Do, He's cutting his hair. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, I think they're going to do a Survivor Series match where it's like Angle's team against Corbin's team for like the rights to control smack, uh, Raw. Yeah. Can you guys see? And, and that's where a lot of these, you know, the guys who's, you know, the Ballers, the Lashleys that support Kurt, they'll be on his team. And then you'll have like Owens and Elias on the Corbin team. Mm-hmm. That That's, that's where, I mean, cause my God, I mean, just the, other than that, I don't really know what they're doing with half these guys. Cause the titles are all occupied in the main event scene. So they don't even have titles to compete for. Yeah. Which makes it difficult on a three hour show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we got a couple of other topics we want to hit on here, but I did want to mention because Justin hit us with the text message last week, late last week, about the Ricochet Pete Dunn match from NXT. And uh, I did get a chance to watch that over the weekend. Kyle, have you seen the match? No, I haven't. I'm a disgrace. Okay. Did you have any? <laughs> You're not a disgrace, Kyle. Don't be so hard on yourself. I'm always I was too busy getting stung by bees. Oh, Don't get me started on sound that. Like you had a rough couple days, Kyle. He wants Dude. that Paul Orndorff look. Yeah, that's a great. It, it was bad. Yeah. Well, it was the reverse, though. It was like the reverse Paul Orndorff. My arm was like my my one arm expanding. It was horrible, man. I had to go to urgent care. Thank God it's, you know. I don't wish urgent care yeah. on anybody. Yeah. A lot of waiting. How long did you have to wait there, Kyle? Believe it or not, not long at all. I went right in. Surprising. Surprising. There, there, we have a lot of them out here. It was crazy. There's three on the same street. <laughs> Apparently, I went to the out-of-network one. I'd hear about that from my wife, but that's Ooh, okay. Yikes. Yikes. Um, Justin, I mean, you saw it first. I, I got a couple of thoughts on it, but uh, did you have anything you wanted to say on why you liked the match? Uh, what What do you see from those two in the future? Uh, how much have you been watching NXT of late? Because usually we only we only talk about it on uh, the TakeOver shows pretty much, and we, we've talked in the show before about how we tend to binge watch several weeks of NXT TV before TakeOvers, but uh, just give you a chance to... Uh, Express your thoughts on Pete Dunn versus Ricochet. Um, I do not watch NXT consistently. It's more of a if I, you know, if word of mouth is getting around that something is is exceptional or worth watching, that's I'll go check that out. Um, and that was the case with this match. Although I probably, I mean, we're talking about two of the best performers uh, in the WWE. You know, whether you're talking about NXT alone or the the company as a whole these are two of the best um and the fact that i went in knowing that it was a smosh finish finish and it still just blew me away i mean both guys are just at the top of their games right now and uh uh i if you haven't seen it you'd need to you need to go watch this match it's one of the few wrestling matches that i actually got my wife to tune into with me i told her I told her, and Justin said this is a must-see. We have to watch it. So she actually sat down with me to watch it. Uh, Justin and... carrying a lot of weight in the Drosty household. <laughs> That's right. My wife has a lot of respect for the, the joint household. So she watched it with me, and uh, she was it's, it was a good match because uh, it started out slower. It built to the more acrobatic stuff. Um, I think my wife at first was kind of... You know, she was, was really slow at the beginning, and I was trying to ex- explain people to her all the, the, psychology. The, the, God, yeah, God Go bless Megan. No, that's a good take by her. See, the people don't want to hear that when, like, from about casual fans, because that's the reaction that they all have. Yeah, like, so the, she, the, well, don't you get it? Psychology. They're gonna say no, it's slow. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. I was trying hard to explain to her, like, well, they can't go full bore right out of the gate. You know, they got to build up to that. She wasn't really having it, but. Um, she's seen Ricochet wrestle before. I don't think she's ever seen a Pete Dunn match, but uh, I mean, she was into it by the end. She did not like the finish, the Shamaz finish, and I, I had to uh, kind of explain to her. You know, this was a title for title match. They got the UK show starting out, which, by the way, will be another WWE product to keep up with. Like they can't, they can't really take the UK title off Pete Dunn. They're not going to take the North American title off Ricochet. So I mean, it's, it's kind of what they have to do, and. As an for a non fan, you know she kind of understood that, but it was it was good for what it was. I'm a, I am a huge Ricochet fan, and uh, no, I liked it. So sounds like some mansplaining to me. 
<laughs> she wouldn't take it as mansplaining. Now, if you saw that press conference today, by the way, Kyle Ross, that was mansplaining. <laughs> the, fa- the fact that the president of the United States made reference to the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, is, quote, having his finger on the button and going being ready to go to nuclear war with North Korea. The fact that that was said and won't even be one of the five biggest takeaways from a press conference sure tells us a lot where we are in 2018. That was literally his administration that supposedly had the finger on the butt. So that w- I was confused by that too. But yeah, there's a lot of mansplaining going on in that press conference today on uh, Wednesday afternoon. I I don't think my wife took the the wrestling talk as mansplaining. <laughs> I, well, I know, she I doesn't know much about wrestling. I, I just I know, wanted to I say that. I know, but uh, I have failed over and over to convert my wife into a pro wrestling fan. So I was very happy that she watched this match with me, but. Uh, she didn't like it as much as I did. She likes the acrobatic stuff, though. I mean, I think she watched um, the Ricochet Osprey New Japan Best of the Super Juniors match with me like a couple years ago. And she really liked that one. That, I mean, that was right out of the gate. They went pretty much full blast. So mm-hmm. um, speaking of wives, my next topic I wanted to get to was on SmackDown and what happened with Rusev, Lana, and Aiden English and where we think this yes, is going. Yes, we need to talk about this heel turn. That's right, because we were off last week. Yeah, so I like, I love what Aiden English is doing. I think it's fresh. Uh, I, I mentioned his whiskey show that he's doing on YouTube. Justin, did you check that out yet, by the way? Nope, totally forgot about it. Wrestling with Whiskey, I think it's called. It's pretty cool. Um, I remember it and haven't checked it out yet, so <laughs> that's my <laughs> excuse. I don't know why I'm giving this guy free publicity, but I really enjoy it. So, uh, no, it's I liked what happened uh, on the turn. I like how they're involving Lana in it. I'm curious where they're going to go with the uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin reference. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know I'm going to throw this right out because you mentioned The Rock earlier. There was the famous segments with The Rock and Lana backstage a couple years ago. And I think Which one were, of them might have been in Milwaukee. Wasn't that done as a rib, too, when they were like really down on Lana? Yeah, so I don't know. I know there's no ribs, Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> I don't know where they're headed with this, but I am genuinely interested to see because apparently he's presenting the video evidence next week. I looked back at the last few times WWE's been in Milwaukee, and for a pretty large city, it's kind of surprising they don't run there very often. Um, they had a Raw and SmackDown there. What a journalist last- you are. <laughs> That's right, man. They pay me to cover this professional wrestling industry over at comicbook.com. I got to do my due diligence. And it looked like there was a there's been one Raw and one SmackDown there since they had Fastlane there where Goldberg won the title. Your boy Goldberg, Kyle Ross. What an event that was, God. <laughs> wish we could go back to that. I wish we could just relive for screw Rusev day. I wish we could relive that day every day. But there but there really wasn't like anything that had happened on the show that was I looked at those Raws, the SmackDown, nothing that really involved them that I could see coming back or even really at Fastlane. So I, I don't know. But the Rock thing is something that really stood out to me right now. Yeah, away. maybe that she's they're gonna like say like she was like hooked up with some guy from Milwaukee or something. I don't know. Ryan oh. Braun Ryan Braun or something like oh, that. But why Milwaukee? Because they were in Milwaukee. Oh, no, no, they weren't. They were in Colorado. Know. No, yeah, they were in Denver. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> they they haven't been in Milwaukee in a while. I yeah, think I'll it was you, like March. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You hang out in Denver long enough, you'll think you're in Milwaukee. If there you know you go. What I mean. But um, yeah, no, that is intriguing. You know, Justin talked earlier with the Ambrose and how, you know, maybe just let this thing breathe, drag it out. I kind of felt this way with this turn 
as well. You know, they went right to the turn. Mm -hmm. I thought the whole dichotomy, I mean, I guess you could argue, well, you know, you got YouTube and, you know, you have Twitter with all the social media stuff they do. It's hard. It would be hard to keep Rusev, the character, oblivious and in the dark. But I kind of liked the whole dynamic, at least for the one match they did it, where like Aiden English was like facetiously, facetiously, pardon me, cheering on Rusev and Lana was like disgusted with him. I thought that was really good when the match would like, you know, afterwards, like, or, you know, after English had been caught saying what he said by Lana, he's still going, Rusev, he's like leading this crowd. He's grabbing the mic and he's being so over the top with it. And Lana's like, are you kidding me? I I mean, play, they played into that too, because she never did tell Rusev what she overheard yeah, him say. Yeah. And, and I kind of wish they would have gone at least a few weeks with that. Cause I think it would have been like, just more intriguing. And, you know, we talk about all these hours of TV they have to fill. I mean, what's the rush? Because, yeah. you know, I mean, you could drive. I mean, we kind of, I mean, obviously this is a vehicle to, I'm sure, just to get Rusev over more as a baby face. Um, and by the way, I'm glad that Rusev was the baby face in this feud. I think that was a smart move. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think Aiden English, you know, Meltzer brought this up. Well, you know, they broke up a hot act and Aiden English is dead in the water. Yeah, he kind of is. But Rusev was the star of the act anyway. I mean, the singing part was good, but Rusev Day was kind of, it was beginning to get over before the singing, I thought, if you look back. Yeah. No, I'm I'm intrigued. We'll see where it goes. But uh, it's it's making Aiden English relevant coming out of the heel. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, I am worried, like, you know, because if, you know, I, I said earlier, eh, if Rusev would have gone heel, like English would have been a dead in the water baby face that just got mowed over. And that would have been a bad role for him. Um. I like this because th- my fear with him as a heel is that he becomes like Elias Jr., you know, where he just like sings to get the, you know, does like cheap heat stuff mm-hmm. and it just comes off as a carbon copy of another act on Raw. So, th- no, I-, I was intrigued by this because it was like, oh, what's the, you know, it's like people don't know where it's going and, you know, maybe it delivers, maybe it doesn't. I did like the Happy Aiden Day t shirt he had on. Yes. <laughs> it's a nice touch. Nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really weird, but I just got an alert on my phone because I follow her on Instagram that the Lana WWE just went live. (laughs) It's so weird as we, just as we started talking about her on the show, my God, um, Justin, I was going to ask you because, uh, I know back in his tag team days, you were kind of a fan of Aiden English and, uh, and the whole 1920s act and everything. What do you think the ceiling is for him as a character now that he's kind of broken off on his own with this heel turn? Like, what what do you think? How far can he take this thing? Do you think? Um, I am a fan of him. I, I'm I'm very pessimistic on what the outcome of this angle is going to be. But I'm kind of with Kyle. I think he best case scenario, he's just going to be kind of a poor man's Elias. Mm -hmm. you know just kind of a a mid-card heel well let me flip that i mean first of all i mean isn't that his ceiling i mean do you really think aiden english is like a main event guy no but i'm I'm curious do you guys think he could he could be like in the u.s title picture well anyone could be in the u.s title picture i mean it just depends what they're doing but um maybe not your boy r-truth which is our next topic. yes uh but you know here's the let me flip the people you know before we you know start you know playing the world's smallest violin for aiden english if this is a vehicle to get Rusev more over as a baby face by the end of the storyline, that's a good thing because what has everyone been bitching and moaning about all year is they don't yep. pitch, push Rusev enough. Yeah. 
So, I mean, Rusev could be the next United States champion, being that he's a baby face and the U.S. champion's a heel. True. Your boy uh, Snorsky. <laughs> he has not been great of late, I will say. Although I did like the picture he posted. Yes, um, that was cool. All-American gear. That was pretty funny. Uh, let's finish before. I do have one listener question we're going to get to here in just a moment. But, uh, Kyle, you wanted to address your issue with R-Truth and his booking. Okay, th this is another thing WWE does that I don't like. They kind of got Truth over, if you watch that opening, when he did Truth TV. The crowd was behind him. And Truth has been dead in the water for how long? Years. Okay, so the guy gets goes out there. He does a good job in a segment. He gets the crowd behind him. And what do they do? He just, like, loses right after. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, any momentum that could have existed. Like, I just wish, like, when they do segments like this, are they just like, yeah, you know, this probably will suck and we'll just beat the guy? <laughs> Is that what they're thinking? Because, you know, I mean, if you do a segment and the guy does a good job, you probably should, you know, and it's kind of like a new, direct, fresh direction, you should, probably shouldn't just beat him right away. Mm-hmm. Now, Carmella as a babyface is not something I would have proposed. <laughs> I would agree. I she comes off a little awkward in, in that role. Well, I she's just—I mean, she was such kind of a good. She had she really, you know, for all you know, people talked about, eh, you know, her work in the ring, you know, was it good, bad, what was it? She really nailed that character. No, yeah, I think we talked about that on the show at the time. Yeah. People are really down on her as a champion, and I thought she was really kind of her coming to her work, own. Her as character a heel. work was great. And yeah, yeah. I mean, if she's just going to be like, you know, I mean, this thing with our truth, it's moderately amusing. You know how we thought, you know how we wanted a wrestler, and now they're again they're partners in the mixed match challenge. But yeah, I, I don't know if she's a great choice to be a babyface. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, any other thoughts on SmackDown either of you want to discuss before we get to this listener email and wrap it up? Where who what is Randy Orton gonna do? Who's the guy he's targeting? Hmm. I have nothing. I'm guess I'm guessing it'll be It can only be one of two guys. I, think. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be probably AJ or Daniel Bryan. Yeah. After the you know, super showdown. One yeah. of those guys is gonna lose their match and it's gonna be that guy. Yes, I, I agree that Randy will probably cost one of them a title opportunity and be there because it can only be those. I mean, when you look at the babyface pecking order on SmackDown, it's it's basically those two. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the way that you know he mocked Jeff Hardy for the makeup and all that stuff. And then he mocked uh, the legend Ty Dillinger for the perfect 10 stuff. You can, <laughs> e you can easily see him mocking Daniel Bryan for the yes chant. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, so we that, could your, that could be your divergence, you know, to keep Daniel Bryan away from Miz. If Miz is the champion. Yeah. We, we haven't done a show since the hell in the Saw post show a week and a half ago. And, uh, Kind of, we were discussing all the possibilities of where the WWE title picture could go. Now, I do still feel that Samoa Joe could be a great short-term heel champion, but the way television's gone in the last two weeks, I got to say, I don't see him winning the title now. Oh, <laughs> well, you're with us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, we, I, at the time I said I, I wanted him to go over, I didn't know they were going to have him just constantly getting the better of AJ. And mm -hmm. put AJ in such a, he, it's almost to the point where AJ has to prevail. Like, well, he has to get the revenge. And, well, and here's the other part, too, that I don't know if I brought this up. And if I'm repeating myself, I, I'm sorry. 
the way this feud is designed, AJ has to win at the end because it's not just like a title situation. It's like his family honor and the baby face has to win that feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is too bad because Samoa Joe really deserves a title. Oh, run. yes. Just like, okay. So you, so the off air, you, we talked about the tweet you sent me that I had no idea why you sent it to me about Kofi Kingston. Can I, let me ask you a question. Should Arn Anderson ever have been the NWA slash WCW world champion? Yes. He's been sitting on this question for like weeks. <laughs> you just know he has. Who? <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> you. No, I, th- I actually thought of it in the shower. Um, <laughs> Arn Anderson, like w- uh, besides from a TV title run, that was all he had for singles, right? Yeah. He was never. Okay. Well, Kofi is a multi time us and intercontinental champion okay but i said world champion and the world championship made a, a lot bigger deal in Arn's day than it does now for the record um i'm gonna argue that arn anderson should not ever have been the nwa or wcw world heavyweight champion i don't see a single time period in history where that would have been a viable solution but do we all consider here's a second question i'll ask anyone, and i think the answer is pretty obvious is arn anderson like a great like considered one of the greats yes like yes. from his era, right? He's considered mm-hmm. a very good professional wrestler, right? Okay, so this is something that bothers me about modern fans. Okay, this guy's good. Well, why hasn't he gotten a world title or something like that? Why can we not just appreciate a guy like Kofi Kingston or Cesaro, for that matter, by the way, they wrestled two weeks ago on SmackDown, as quite possibly two of the greatest tag team wrestlers in WWE history? Like, why is that like, gotta be like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess that. I guess what, what I like about what, biggie was doing that i just think it's cool that him and xavier would both just prefer they don't want the championship they would prefer to see kofi get it before either one of them i just think that's uh, that's really oh it's cool but yeah it's great i I don't i just don't see that happening if the act was put up i just i i don't see a viable path for kofi kingston to being a singles champion oh i do i real quick fantasy booking corner you just take that tweet and you make it the story where New Day comes out and says, you know, hey, we want Kofi to be champion. Um, and they just do everything in their power to, you know, make that happen. That's the story is them trying to get Kofi the title, mm-hmm. you know, and it could make them heels. They could do it in some sort of babyface way. I don't know how okay. that would work. But. Uh, what was it? Was it like 08 or 09, that Survivor Series match where it was Team Kofi against Team Orton? Um, I like that match a lot, and I thought Kofi had a lot of momentum back then, but I, I just I don't see it. No. I, I think Kofi Kingston has a great career, and if he never wins the championship, I don't think that necessarily means anything. But, and it, I think the same thing applies to Cesaro. People are always like, oh, they need to do more with Cesaro. And you know, Kofi at least did actually get a shot in the main events at one point. Cesaro never did. But, you know, I mean, some guys just aren't guys you make your top champion. I agree. Good wrestlers. Uh, yeah, I agree. I do think the Cesaro though is a guy that did kind of blow, at least taking a chance and seeing what happens. I don't. I mean, I, I don't see why. Why not just chance. try it out? Yeah, they never really gave him a fair. Yeah, shot, I feel. Yeah, because he was super popular for a while, and uh, they didn't really give him. A, I mean, another guy who was super organically popular was Zack Ryder, and they just really buried him in that Cena storyline. So, Oof. <laughs> they didn't really go with him either, but. Yeah. What was this uh, the viewer question, by the way? We should. Yeah, I'm getting to that. So, 
uh, let's go to mail time here. If you guys have anything you want to hear us talk about, we're trying to be interactive with the listeners, whether it's in the live chat when you're watching on Patreon or um, if it is on our live pay-per-view shows that are open to the general public and everyone's watching the video stream live, um, hit us up at uh, it's toprobenation at gmail.com is our email, or you can hit us up on Twitter at toprobenation. Uh, so we did get a viewer question or a listener question this week. So let me go to that here in the email. This was from Dalvin Brown. Ooh. I think I sent you guys this when we got it last week, uh, but we haven't done a show since then. Hi, Dalvin. And um, he he went, he had a question about the Hall of Fame for next year. So it's kind of early, but he's thinking about it already. So I thought that's something we could kind of address a little bit, I'm sure, in the spring. We talk about it a lot and over the winter. He said his question pertains to the WWE Hall of Fame and who should go in next year. He said his selections would be Rick Martel, Brutus Beefcake, the Jumping Bomb Angels, Dean Malenko, IRS, and Big Show. He said, I know it's not as strong of a class, but some of the names are overdue for one like Martel, Beefcake, IRS, and the Jumping Bomb Angels, especially them. Uh, if WWE are to be bringing back women's tag team championships, which has been a, a rumor for a while, the Jumping Bomb Angels would make a lot of sense, um, and that those two should be identified as former women's tag team champs. Yes, it didn't last long, but don't ignore your history. So do you guys have anyone on the radar when you think ahead to what we mentioned earlier, WrestleMania in New York this April? Uh Anyone you guys are thinking about as far as, as Hall of Fame inductees? I have one, uh, but uh, anyone that you've heard or that you're, that you're thinking about? I mean, this is going to be kind of controversial, and nobody's ever brought it up, but... Don't say Chris Owen, Benoit. Owen Hart. <laughs> yeah. I Don't say Chris Benoit. Yeah, I mean, Owen deserves it, and the wife Not, situation yeah, is obvious. Martha Hart, though. That's on Martha Hart. Yeah, I mean, Owen was inducted in the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame this yeah, summer, which is cool see. No and, you know, that's Martha's prerogative. The, the whole I think the only Hall of Fame that matters in Waterloo, Iowa. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's got some nice uh, stuff surrounding it, too, from my understanding. Uh, you've been there. You were a block yes. away, Kyle. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah you're Every time what. I go to that brewery, I think of you. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't thinking about the brewery. I'll tell you that much. Oh, across oh, the yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. Um. You know, addressing the list, um, Big Show's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Martell and IRS are borderline guys. Um, Rick Martell had a great career. I mean, you talk about great tag team wrestlers. Rick Martell was a great tag team wrestler. He was a great singles wrestler, too, particularly in the AWA. Um, ironically, I think, like, the model is what he's most remembered for, and that was kind of his sh shittiest run. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, him and IRS, it's kind of like the same thing where they were kind of like, they're you know, had tag careers, kind of bleh, singles careers, you know, probably in WWE, at least in the WWE world, they wouldn't go in in the same class. Jumping Bob Angels is interesting. They'll benefit from the fact that every year there's a woman inducted. So they could very much. I mean, eventually they're going to run out of spots. They could. Um, and, you know, with, you know, they're bringing a lot of women over from Japan. That would actually make sense. Um, Brutus Beefcake, stop it. <laughs> I, mean, I think the guy out there that could be a headliner they haven't talked about is The Rock, obviously. They haven't yes. done that yet, bringing in a especially lot of publicity. If he, especially if he is willing to do something. By the way, when they do it, eventually, I, the, I'm i sorry that I didn't really give it. The Rock is like the most obvious headliner left. Um, who are other potential headliners, I guess? that I have a big one, but I have a kind of an outside-the-box idea for him 
that I was going to share. The Undertaker should go in as a one-man class. Ooh. What do you think? Like, I don't know because can they sell that, you know, because it's it's more than just that, but, you know, kind of an ode to Andre. The You know, I've always, I always view Undertaker as the guy who very much took over the Andre role in this company. I think I've mentioned that many times before on this program. You know, the special attraction, the semi-main, second from the top. Um, the guy didn't need the title. A lot. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Well, like who are the other big names that they could get? Hmm. I feel like I'm drawing a blank after the rock um, that hasn't gone in yet. Like Batista, he's not in, right? No, he's not in. It's it's a lot of modern era guys, I would think, at this stage. Yeah, because like I feel like who from the I mean, some of those classes in 0405, you know, they put like a lot of big names in. You know, I feel like even the token 80s guys were kind of that well's kind of running dry. They kind, yeah, they kind of ran through it. Um, this is a good celebrity inductee in our chat right now. We got our boy Derek is here live and uh, tune in to the Patreon exclusive video cast. Derek says it's time for Andy Kaufman to go in. That's it. I mean, I agree with that. That's uh, they've had a, yeah. a lot of celebrity inductees that really had barely anything to do with wrestling. And Andy yeah, is certainly it's celebrity system. angles. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the most famous ones. I, I like that one a lot. And I would also say Cindy Lopper. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's one. That's no, Oh, that. yes. That's right. Yeah. And yes, Lance Storm. She has not been contacted. <laughs> Did you guys <laughs> see that on Twitter? No. But Lance was like, yeah, I think uh, Cindy's been contacted. And she turned it down. And Cindy Lopper tweeted at Lance Storm. No one's ever contacted me. <laughs> what a hoot jeez um derek said we should give some love out there's some big injuries on the independent scene over the last couple of days if yeah, you guys joey would... janela and the, the news is not good it, i just read it actually before we came on yeah on so Meltzer's site what was the latest update i didn't see that let me click uh out for a long while they say he took a bad bump on his leg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, T- torn PCL and MCL. Numerous wow. fractures, sprains, and other contusions in the leg, including a mild bone contusion, impaction fracture in one of the bones in the knee, a sprain in the fibular collateral ligament, an ACL sprain, and other ligament damage. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, so that is what we in the business call a fucked up knee. Derek says 10 months he's going to be out. So well, Derek apparently knows maybe a little bit more than uh, your boy Meltzer and that rag he writes every week. <laughs> <laughs> and also, kidding, uh, Jordan Grace also got injured. Yeah. Kind of a top women's star here on the independent scene. So, yeah, not n- there's been a lot of uh, bad stuff going on lately, too. So, best wishes to both of them as they mm-hmm. embark on the road to recovery. Um, so, I, yeah, go ahead. I, oh, I was, I was going to transition to something completely different. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, in the everyone's favorite new segment of the program, my buddy Chad texted me this. All right, go ahead. Like, you always ask me questions. I'm like, you know, I'm going to save these for the show to get rid of. So he texted me, Would you rather see HBK versus The Rock at Mania or them wrestle other guys? Hmm. That's interesting because there was always that rumor that The Rock kind of had it out for HBK because. Mm-hmm supposedly Sean was not very receptive to him being pushed in the 96 and 97 and was kind of a jerk to him. Well, so I mean, never... <laughs> in, a, in a semi-related story, so was everyone else in the 1997 yeah. <laughs> WWF locker room. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, 
I don't, I don't know if I'd be that interested in seeing them wrestle in 2019, <laughs> you know, like next year at WrestleMania or something like that. They now they've never wrestled, and my only my, my thought wasn't he didn't like my responses. Well, what's the alternatives? <laughs> you know, I mean, who would they work against if they don't work against each other? First of all, you have the issue then that's two matches and not one. Yeah, and we know how we know how long these WrestleMania shows could go, but um. I'm going to probably be in the minority. I do not want to see a babyface HBK wrestle a babyface young upstart in a work rate match at all. I think that is not that exciting, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think those matches struggle to get over in WWE because yeah. people are just, it's kind of a golf clap match. Um, the thing with HBK is I, if he was in there with Rock, I could see him kind of going heelish, a little heel, and I, that's the Shawn Michaels I like. That's you know, true. like, like, I mean, he went all the way heel when he worked Hogan in 05. Um, but I could I could see some very motivated promos if Rock and HBK worked a program together. Yeah. I mean, the only other option for Rock is Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. I mean, some of this is going to depend on what Sean looks like in the ring. Obviously, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. he's worked and, and how and, much I want to see these matches. But yeah. He, he, and by the way, he's the, the thing is, first, he's, he's going to wrestle Undertaker. Oh, we got to get that. I mean, that's going to happen either at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Sean, or, uh, yeah, Sean's definitely going to. Justin, any any thoughts as our uh, one of our resident HBK marks? I, I'd have to throw myself in there as well, but I'm not really excited to see him back in the ring. I hope he proves me wrong, but I, I liked the way his career ended. I, I get that money talks, so he's coming back, but uh, d- but to come back. At probably not the HBK that we're gonna, you know, that we saw before, and, and then to throw them into matches and feuds that we've seen a hundred times before. I would prefer something fresher. He could, I, I think he could have, you know, he could have a good match with Daniel Bryan, and they have a built-in story. That's funny because Derek threw that out in the chat too. He said he want, I want to see HBK get stretched by Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, training at the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy, it makes sense. <laughs> As long as he would go heelish, that's the main thing. I, I, I didn't really like the HBK character for the majority of the second run. You know, kind of like the the old cowboy. You know, still born a grin Christian. Yeah. yeah, like the irony is, you know, Justin mentioned. I loved his last what the storyline when he went out when he was obsessed with the, getting the second match with the Undertaker. And to his other point, that just says he's still gonna be the same. Look, he is significant. No one it has ever to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, had blow away matches north of 50. Like I'm talking match. Of the, I mean, has there any ever been anyone in North America to have match of the year contenders over the age of 50? That you yeah, could- I think of that. The only one I can really think of is flair and triple H had that match on raw for the title. That was pretty well, that, good. Last man standing was good too. What, what that was like survivor series 05. Not a lot enough people talk about that match. That's a match wreck. I get people. If you, if you're listening to the show, go and throw on the network, watch last man standing triple H Ric Flair survivor series 05. I mean, it, I guess it's probably not surprising that flair would be the guy that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was flair. but flair, you know, that, you know, I mean, flair was noticeably in a decline, you know, at that, I mean, he had had some roughs, but, um, but here's my point with Sean. I remember the first match back in 02 against Triple H. I was like, oh, God, is it going to be, you know, I was not looking forward with that much because I was like, yeah, is it going to be the same Sean? You know, uh, what if it's like half assed? And then he comes out and has like 
you know, one of the two best matches of 2002 in WWE. Yeah. See, I'll disagree with you there because that one I was super pumped about. I, I remember reading rumors that Sean was coming back for two years at that point, And I was jack to see him wrestle really? oh god i was like oh, that, yeah. I was that whole and <laughs> that whole nwo thing where he came back i was like this is very bad well that that was and <laughs> but i the whole storyline with triple h and the security camera where he you know triple h attacked him and everything that was cool You're damn right was, it was me <laughs> yeah that was really well done and i was pumped to see him wrestle again as someone who as a kid sean was my probably my second or third favorite wrestler of all time I'm yeah, I agree with Justin. This one, um, you know, I'll watch it with interest, but I'm not like super pumped up to see Shawn Michaels wrestle again because I do feel like he did have the perfect ending to his career. North of 50 now, it's it's whatever. When he came back in 02, he was still pretty uh god, how old he was in his 30s still, wasn't he? I think he was like 36 at that time. So I mean he was <laughs> he was younger than some of us here on the podcast, about our yeah. age. So yeah. yeah. Well, is it the guys that he's working with initially that has you less interested? Is it because he's only working with older guys? It's yeah. It's both. It's a combination okay. of okay of the two. Yeah. yeah. What about? I mean, would you? Do you? I mean, this tag match is not going to blow anyone away at Crown Jewel, but um, you know, him and Hunter against Undertaker and Kane. But is Taker Michaels in a singles? Does that intrigue you? No, but in, okay. in a lot of that is because Taker's washed. Yeah, I mean, is that because I mean those two matches were so great? I mean, you're talking about two of the ten best WrestleMania matches of all time. One of them being a contender for the best. Um, it will be because you know who we don't know. Sean's an X factor right now because we haven't seen him wrestle in a long time. But we, yeah, you're right. Taker, I mean, is he even capable of producing a good match, let alone a match of the year contender? I, yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of that has to do with more so Taker. Now, if Sean comes back and he looks really good in the ring, I would look forward to maybe like a, a Sean AJ or a Sean Daniel Bryan match in the future. But Sean Taker, I would agree that I wouldn't be as excited because of more so because of Taker. Yeah. So what about we've seen, we seen it twice in, at WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't need to see it a third time. What about Sean Rock? Getting back to the original question. Yeah, that doesn't really interest me. I'll be yeah. honest. I, th I think Roman Rock interests me more than that one. I, I would be into the the Rock and HBK because I don't I don't think there's any way either guy would do that match if they didn't think they could do something special. Yeah, I mean, there's neither guy would phone it in in that situation. Not that I'm sure with Taker they're not going to phone it in either. But I just don't know what the storyline would be to build that match, and it's two older guys and. I don't know. It's, I'm not going to say I wouldn't look forward to it, but it doesn't really... I would rather see Rock wrestle Roman, personally. That one interests me more. Well, there's there's there are these rumors that the your fine folks in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia want The Rock to be the WWE champion for that April show. I really liked when he came back and was the champion again a couple of years ago. I'm not going to lie. I, I like that. It made sense. He's a massive star. Why not put the belt on him for a couple of months? So I, I'm sure CM Punk was probably was not a fan of that. But no, uh, he did not like Dwayne, did he? Yeah. Um, it, it was funny. I actually like binge watched a bunch of rumbles from that era in a row and culminated in that one. And one thing to your point about Rock, I know some people do not like that match at all when The Rock beat CM Punk. I actually thought it was pretty decent. Um, that actually after a year, you know, after watching the previous 
several years of like these like very ho hum, not big deal title matches. You know, when there was, they were doing two world t- title matches at the time, still. Mm-hmm. That actually felt like the first, it, it struck me. I remember when I binge watched all those rumbles in a row. I was like, this feels like an actual big time world title match as opposed to, you know, what we saw in like 2012, 2011, 2010, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that the rocket, you know, kind of elevated the whole thing just by being there. Yeah. I think I need to go back and watch some of these matches. I, I was just thinking, I haven't watched Undertaker, Sean, Mania 25 in particular in quite a long time. Maybe that's one I can get my wife to watch and see what she thinks of that one. I'll give a best, review. Second best match in Mania ever, history, yeah. ever. Um, well, I think in the coming weeks, guys, we're going to have plenty to talk about. There are a lot of shows on the horizon, whether it is Super Showdown, Crown Jewel, Evolution, uh, Survivor Series eventually. So, be tuning in to us here. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. TopRopeNation.com, at TopRopeNation on Twitter. We'll be back uh, next week with the show. So uh, with that being said, I am Ryan Dross. You can find me at, at HistoricalRyan. Kyle, where can we find you on Twitter? I forget. At TRP, at TRP Kyle. Yes. <laughs> and Justin. You know, I'm not sure. I think it might just be at Justin Joint. I think it is at Justin Joint. So, uh, well, all of us are at, at Top Rope Nation. So you can check us out there. And we will be back next week with episode 76. Have a good weekend.